seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Live radio contact. Podcast. I'm Rob Parks and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join the show this week. As ever, we have Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul? Hey, Rob. You okay? How's your week been, mate? Yeah, very good. Not so bad. Not so bad. Uh, had an interesting night tonight. Late on from work and spent two and a half hours in the back garden building a trampoline for the kids. So, uh, absolutely worn out now. But if I ever get laid off from work, I reckon I could make a make a career out of scaffolding, mate, to be honest with you, because that's what that making that was like. But no, I mean, I'm doing good, mate. I'm really excited, looking forward to a trip to Warrington on uh, on Friday and uh, looking forward to a couple of days off work. Saturday, Sunday, I've worked the last two weekends, so I'm excited for some time off. Trampoline for the kids, he says. Who believes him? I don't, for that for one. I'm too heavy for it. The, the weight limit's 80 kilograms and I'm 83, I think, so uh, I can't go on it. You'll be, you'll be wrapping yourself in, like, in the, you know, bubble wrap and wrapping <laughs> yourself in the sauna, <laughs> Slim down. Being a boxer, you know all about that. That's what boxers do, don't they? Pre-fight. Bin bags, mate. Black bin yeah. bags. See, he knows. He knows. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've had a have a good week as well. Paul still me- still doing meditation. Still doing all that. Cool. Still some uh, some uh, sort of apps to help me with the chill out music and stuff. So yeah, doing really good. Not doing the walking one. Decided just to do the the lying down stuff. So yeah, all is well in my world, Paul. Uh, good, feeling good. Yeah, feeling good. Loads and loads of uh, stuff going on uh, this week uh, on the podcast. We look back at the, the game against Huddersfield Giants, uh, which we were defeated um, 36 points to 18. We've got Watto in coach's corner. We've got uh, Tyrone McCarthy and Ryan Lannan, their reaction to the game. We've got all the big news coming out of Salford Devils this week. We've got your uh, amateur report, and then what we're going to do, we're going to preview the game against Warrington. Uh, on Friday night, Paul. Sounds good to me, mate. Action-packed show, isn't it, this week? Action-packed, loads and loads of stuff. So what we'll do, we'll kick it off uh, with the game against Huddersfield, which we lost uh, last week. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your Big Match Review. So, Salford Devils were defeated against Huddersfield Giants, 36 points to 18. Paul, very disappointing result. I was a bit gutted, obviously being on, on Sky as well is a, is, a, is a big thing as well, because you want to show your best game, don't you, when you're on the telly? And for me, we just didn't turn up. No, we didn't turn up. It was a funny game, as we said, after speaking after the game. Uh, we made a good start, didn't we, to the match. We... we you know, we capitalised on their, their errors. They, they was very sluggish out of the blocks, weren't we? We got two... Two early tries, if I'm not mistaken. It was eight they looked, weren't we? And um, we looked we looked uncomfortable really because they looked really poor. They weren't completing the sets. They were, they were coming up with errors. And um, yeah, we did. They didn't seem to be a problem. And then their their hooker, I think it was Adam O'Brien, got 
got like a nasty injury and he was laid out for quite a while, wasn't he, while he got medical treatment and then after that, Cruz Lehman seemed to come on and, and the game, sort of, the tempo changed, didn't it? We just sort of fought the way back into it and then I remember saying on my half-time report, I can't understand how Woodersfield they're in front at half-time because they only started playing for the last 10 minutes of the first half and got, got themselves in, in front and um, obviously scored early doors in the second half and, and, and we was chasing the game then. But it, it, like you said, it was a big letdown, you know, being on Sky at home as well and, and a chance to go fourth. That was the big carrot for, for Thursday night. You know, a win would have took us fourth in the table. It was a real opportunity missed that, I thought. It was disappointing, Paul. 8-0 up early doors. Um, tries from Tyrone McCarthy and Ken Seal. And obviously that Lola here pass, a floating pass to him, uh, that was a sign of, of you know things that he could do for us. Yeah, it was a good pass. It really was. And that's one thing that from Lola here that I've noticed in the two games he's played. He certainly can pass a ball. You know, passing a ball, you know, it sounds um, a simple thing, but it's not. You know, to, to pass a ball well and distribute a ball well, you, you've got off some talent. Um, not, not every, as daft as it sounds, not every rugby league player can pass a ball left and right. And um, Lola here can. He, he certainly can. He, he, he chucked a lovely pass out there to Kentu. It was a good finish from CO as well. And Tyrone McCarthy. Um, his try early on, three, three minutes gone there, it was a great start for us, reaching out to score. And it was funny, really, because I don't think many people, certainly in the West End, knew he got over there because um, it was very subdued, you know, the, the cheer. And he sort of reached out, didn't he, and scored. And with a big screen being there, everybody noticed it then. And there was a, there was a big roar, after, you know, sort of a delayed roar. But no, an excellent start to the game. As I said, it took Huddersfield sort of half an hour to get their first, first points of the game. And, very disappointing try when that Matty English, the young forward, went over from, from close range and then we made a bit of a mess of it. I think in his senior went over on the other side just before the break, so I thought we gifted them the points really and from some lacklustre play really and, uh, and then obviously Darnell McIntosh getting that try earlier in the second half. That again came from, from, from some poor solver play, you know, not attacking a, a kick to conceding tries from kicks again, so Ian Watson will be scratching his head on that. Yeah, I suppose it's a really frustrating moment uh, sorry, Ian Watson, because he's, he's talking, he's, well, you'll hear in the interview, um, you know, shortly, Paul, that he talks about attitude and, and, and the players not wanting to play, not showing them, you know, the ability they've got against teams around them. Against the top teams, they'll turn up and they'll put in a big performance, but, you know, you're facing teams like Huddersfield, like Hulkington Rovers, that are around you and not able to, to step up to that next level and show the class you've got. Yeah, well, everyone's fighting for points, aren't they? Huddersfield had not won a match, I don't think, forgive me if I'm wrong, I don't think they'd won since the Magic Weekend. Like they said, there were four defeats on the spin, so they were getting desperate for a result. You know, on 14 points, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure they were level bottom, weren't they, along with London and, and Leeds. It's very congested at the bottom of the table, so Huddersfield were desperate for two points to sort of give them a boost. So these teams are going to come, they're going to come firing, aren't they? And Let's have it right in the Super League now. I don't think there's a lot between any of the sides, really. You know, on the day, anybody can beat anybody, really. As, as London Broncos have shown, no disrespect to them, but they're probably one of the weaker sides, aren't they? You know, going off squad and they sat on the other day, beat Wigan, they beat St. Helens, they've had some great wins. And you, you look at us, we, we're the same, we're sort of mid table, but we've proved we can, we can beat sides and we can challenge them up in that top sort of six and top five. So, every side is going to come and, and, and challenge you and if you're not on your game, you're going to get beat and, you know, that's happened to us a few times this season. Yeah, we've, we've done well against the, the big sides away from home, particularly winning at Catalan, winning at Warrington, giving St. Helens a real fright, giving Hull a real fright. And yet we've turned into really poor performances at home. You know, the whole KR Cup game, the whole KR at the Magic weekend, and, and that, that game on, on, on Thursday night against Huddersfield. So 
you know, I, I've always been of the mentality that two points against Huddersfield or Hulk Air is just as valuable as two points against St. Helens or Wigan or, or, or Warrington or whoever. So it was it was disappointing. I think Ian's got every right to be disappointing the players' attitude because there was, there seems to be like too many players waiting for other players to, to do the work. And I think a few players can be excused. I think there were a couple of players who, who really put a shift in Tyrell McCarthy being one of them. Uh, Jackson Hastings who covered every blade of grass on the pitch. I mean, if it wasn't for him sometimes, we, we'd be in a real mess because he does a lot of, an awful lot of work in, and sometimes, you know, it looks to me like other players are waiting for him to do the work and, and, and looking towards him to get them out of the hole. And it shouldn't be like that. You've all got to put a shift in and you've all got to do the work. Yeah, I spoke to Tyrone Carthy and Ryan Lannan after the game, Paul. And this is what they have to say. So I'm joined by Tyrone McCarthy. Tough defeat, that, against Huddersfield Giants. What do you think went wrong? Um, we've just spoke about a bit of our... Our attitude in our defence just wasn't quite there. And I think we had a bit of that in our back end of the game last week against Wigan, so there's a, a bit of consistency there that, that we're not happy with. And there's only us that, that can change that, and obviously Waters let us know that, and we need to put it right for the next game. Obviously, against bigger sides like the likes of St. Ellen's and Warrington, we step up against other sides like Huddersfield, struggle a bit. Do you think that's a kind of a mental thing within the team, or, or what is it? Yeah, it would seem that way and it's something that we need to address. Um, I think tonight we, we actually got a, into a lead, which which obviously said that, I don't know whether it was, the start was seemed a bit, making like a bit stop-start, whether that actually helped us, but yeah, I think they just got the impetus in the middle of the park and actually rolled us a little bit too easily. Yeah, obviously a week to obviously work on things, one into next week, opportunity to bounce back. Yeah, definitely. Like we said, we've gone all right against the bigger teams and Warrington's a massive game for us now and we keep talking about pushing ourselves into that top half of the table and every time we get a good opportunity to do that, we, we let it slip and so we've got to do it the tough way and, and uh, go and scalp a few more big teams and um, obviously we're more than capable of doing that. It's just about looking at our, our performance and putting that right. Yeah, obviously a try tonight as well. All that hard work you put in week out, all the top tacklers, you're always at the top of the table when it comes to tackling as well. Fantastic team player yourself and obviously you scored tonight but the result didn't go our way. Oh yeah, I trade it all for, for a win and um, yeah, the tries are nice to, to come by but only when you win. So. And you're off the nubby run. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Don't want to fancy that. So, big thanks to talk to us in the devil detail. So I'm joined by Ryan Lennon. Tough defeat, that, Ryan. Yeah, very tough, mate. We knew it was a massive game and we just didn't perform on the night. Yeah, obviously, we're on Sky as well. But we were in the contest for, for a long time. We were 8-0 up in the first 20 minutes. But can you can you think about what went wrong there? Yeah, we was in the contest. thought it went well the first 20 minutes and we just didn't start completing sets. And um, it, it'll kill anyone when you're not completing sets, especially when we're down on middles as well. So they just got back into the game and killed us off, really. Yeah, you obviously got a week now to, to kind of sort it. Big game against Warrington next week. Hopefully the boys can bounce back. Yeah, it's massive. We've just been saying that then. Against the big teams, they've always been saying they turn up for the big teams, but it's against the Huddersfield. And no disrespect, like, we need to start performing against teams like the Wolves in the league. And so, like, like you say, it's a massive game next week, and hopefully we turn up and get a few bodies back. Yeah, what's it like being back in the red shirt? Obviously, you've been away at all KR, but now you're back in the red shirt, playing playing quite well as well. Yeah, mate, it's great to be back. They're all my, there's all my best mates. Uh, anyway, so it's good to be back with all the boys, and I'm enjoying my rugby again. Cheers. Big thanks to Talks and Devil the Detail. Thanks, mate. So... I spoke to Ryan Lannan and Tyrone McCarthy-Paul and like we said before, they highlighted the fact that 
they don't they don't think the team's attitude was good enough um, to, to put on a big performance and win. And they know what the, the problem is, and it's just a matter of fixing that up with the you know seven or eight games to go because you know Super League is a very very tight affair. You know you can't switch off with with seven games to go because uh, you could end up down. No, he can't, but we seem to have had this conversation a few times, haven't we, after the match where, where Wattles come out and he said about the attitude and the players have said it to us as well. A few times this season in certain matches, that are, the whole KR Cup game is one that, that sticks in my mind where we were very, very disappointing. And, you know, they've got to fix it up. There's, there's only the players that, that can do that, really. You know, Wattle can only do so much. It's down to the players to take responsibility now. I know there's players moving on at, at the end of the season and, you know, they need to... If it was me, you've got, you've got to stop thinking about 2020. You've got an awful lot of rugby league to play. There's eight games left this season. There's still an awful lot that this, this squad can achieve. You know, the, the, the top five race with the top five is wide open. So there's an awful lot to play for. But if you take your eye off the ball, you're going to wind up getting sucked into a relegation battle because it is so tight and, you know, everybody's competing. As I said before, there's not a lot to choose between the sides. And and if you there's any sort of point in the season where you don't want to go on a battle, it's going to be in this next couple of weeks now because you look at the, you know, Leeds looked down and out a few weeks ago before Robert Louis went there. I've just watched the highlights of their game against Cast. They played really well. There's a lot of energy there. Their confidence has gone through the roof now. You look at players there who, who are being poor for them in, in mid-season. They now look really as if, as if they've got um, got so much confidence flowing. So, you know, they're picking up wins now. In Huddersfield, they've got a win there. Hulk Air, I've got a new coach. Tony Smith had a couple of good wins. So everyone's sort of stepping up. So you don't want to go on a bad run now and get dragged down there. Yeah, Ryan Lannan back in a red shirt as well. He's very happy uh, to be back involved at Salford and we're happy to have him. He's been very good, I thought, in the last few games he's played for us. I've said before, a player, when he has a point to prove, he turns into a 8 out of 10 player. And, and that's what he is, I think. I think he's spell at all King's to roll as, as, as making, made him grow. Uh, and I'm sure there'll be another big, few big performances in him uh, in the next few weeks. Yeah, certainly. I, I don't know what the situation is with Ryan. I don't know how long his contract was at Ulkar when he, he left last season. I presume, excuse me, it was either a one or a two year deal. So, you know, he's, in, he's trying to impress now, isn't he? You know, a new coach has come in there. So Tim Sheen's presumably signed Ryan. For all Kingston Rovers, and, and does does Ryan fit into Tony Smith's plans? I, I don't know. You'd have to ask Tony Smith that. But if not, then he's he's playing for a contract elsewhere, isn't he? And if he's impressing Ian Watson, I don't know. I don't think speaking to Watson a couple of weeks ago, I don't think Watson wanted to lose Ryan in the first place. So um, you know, there's a possibility he could end up back at Salford. I'm starting a rumour here now, aren't I? But uh-huh. no, I I wouldn't mind seeing him back at Salford. And you know, if he carries on playing well. He's gonna. He could, he could get that opportunity. We'll have to wait and see on that one. But I don't think he's let us down in the last couple of games he's played. He's he's worked his socks off, hasn't he? And not being the biggest of guys, he, he you know he makes up for that in his commitment and his uh, sort of energy that he brings to the squad. Yeah, rumour monger. That's what you are, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, I think he's been fantastic. And the more you know, he, he plays for us in the last few weeks, and hopefully the next few weeks he'll keep putting in big performances. Look at the stats, Paul. That backs that up. Uh, top tacklers. Uh, we've got Gil Dudson with 46, uh, Joey Lucic with 39, Greg Burke with 43, Ryan Lannan with 35. You know, the forwards making lots and lots of tackles. Gil Dudson with 46 and Burke with 43. That's a, that's a fantastic effort for me. Yeah, I thought Gil Dudson was outstanding again. I think he he's probably been, for me, one of our um, most consistent players of the season. You've only got to look at the way he takes the ball and he'll take the ball in minute one and then at the end of the match he's still taking the ball and it's hard running as hard the effort he puts in and 
And the, his first contact on the tackle, he'll keep pumping his legs and he makes he makes a lot of yards and takes a lot of stopping as well, you know, the aggression that he shows. And a lot of people turned their noses up when we signed, signed Gil Dudson, didn't they? And sort of said, oh, you know, is he good enough? And this, that and the other. But, you know, Ian Watson and the coaches, as we mentioned before, have got him in fantastic shape. And um, he, he's one of the farm forwards for me in, in the Super League. He's, he'd be first on my team sheet every week. I think yeah. he's been outstanding this year. Yeah, opportunity player joining an opportunity club, and, and that's the perfect chemistry we've got, Paul. And you know, he has been our star. Let's let's be honest in the, in the pack this season. You know, like you said, bursting tackles, fantastic work rate, and it, it kind of shows these people that you know are, who are looking for an opportunity. If you look at Gil Dunson and think, you know, I could do something like that, and you never know what might happen. They might come to the club, uh, and we grow bigger and bigger, don't we? Well, yeah, we'll be speaking about a lad in the news shortly. We signed from Barrow uh, today, uh, Josh Johnson, who, who, who's another young guy who's going to be getting a chance. But I won't steal our thunder. We'll be speaking about that afterwards. But yeah, that's the that's the club we are at the moment, giving giving players opportunities, and I think that's great. I mean, I'm all for that. I mean, yeah, it's great to see star name players and, and, and marquee players and things like that. But for me, Salford's always been about you know you know giving opportunity to to people. And, and, and seeing blokes give 110% and, and that's all you can ask if a guy comes in well not 110% I don't like that phrase 100% you're going to give 100 can't you and if guys come in and, and, and give 100% that's all we can ask as, as supporters and there's there's nothing wrong with that I think that's great to see and uh, Gil's one of them and he's, he's a talented guy as well he's an international player as well and good pedigree as well at Wigan and, and Witness and uh, you know he's racking up the performances now and racking up the appearances and you know, I'm glad we've got him on a decent uh, deal. I think he's here for a couple of seasons. And, you know, like I said before, I'd have him down for first choice every week. I think he's been a top player. Yeah, I thought you, you give 100%, Paul, but if it's, you're playing a, a sort of t- playing in a team or, or a game where you have the opportunity to go for that, to stay at that, you know, the, the next level as it was, you'll give that extra 1%. And, that, and that's the difference, I think. That 1% can make, you know, a winner winner, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, a winner, winner, chicken dinner, as they say. <laughs> yeah, definitely, and um, you know you need those sort of players in your side, don't you? You know you're gonna have you need flair players as well, but you need the grafters and you need blokes who are gonna turn up and do the hard stuff. And rugby league's a tough sport, isn't it? You know you're talking about a guy there, Gil Budson, who's who's made 46 tackles in a match. 46 tackles alone is an awful lot of work to get through. Um, you know, you look at the the, the size of the, some of the players now that you're tackling. They're absolute units, aren't they? And that's taken a lot out of you. But then to be the amount of carries and meters you're making as well, it's a it's a mammoth effort that it really is. And I think if you look at our our pack of forwards, we have got though. We've mentioned it this season, haven't we? We've got a mobile sort of pack of forwards. We've got guys who who can do big minutes. You talk about you know one guy that we're missing at the moment in George Griffin. He's been playing 80 minutes, hasn't he? And, you know, Tyro McCarthy's stepped in last few weeks and well, last month or two, but he's got his opportunity, and he's he's one of those forwards as well. So, uh, so yeah, I think we've we've done well on that. Like I say, it's just the annoying thing at the moment is that that sort of attitude, sort of problem that we've got amongst the squad, and we need to iron that out really, and uh, and, and and get that back together to to get these wins. Yeah, top meter makers. Gil Dudson, 130, Josh Jones, 113, Tyrone McCarthy, 83, Ben Neckenbowine, 98, Ryan Lannan, 102, and Ken Seal, 100. Always say, Paul, every week, don't they? If you get 5, 6, 7 over 100, it shows that you've had a good game. We got 4 or 5, 6, maybe, round and round about that. Um, unfortunately, we did make metres, but we just weren't able to convert them. No, I think we should have had some more points in that first half. We, If you go back to the, the match, you're watching the game again I've not watched it back on Sky 
I've not got Sky Sports anymore, but I've, I've seen the highlights on the Super League show, so I've not really gone through with the fine tooth comb. But remembering the, the game as it was on Thursday, I thought we had a lot of possession. We had a lot of possession in that first half, and we didn't create much with the ball that we had. And I remember thinking, eight points to nil, you know, we, we should have had more points on the board, really. And if we could have scored a couple more points, that could have got us home that. But we we didn't. We allowed Huddersfield to get back into the game, didn't we? And uh, it was just a really soft try that we conceded. And sometimes when you've got a side like that on the on the ropes, and like you said, you're making meters, and like you need to take your opportunities because you can make as many meters as you want. But if you're not taking opportunities and posting points on the board, you're not going to win the game. Yeah, I, I thought Huddersfield were just were just consistent, Paul. I don't think they did anything special. Did the basics right, I yeah. thought, didn't they? You just kept get go, kept going going to the river, and eventually got got some water. It's that that's the way it is, and. You know, in tough games, you've got to be, for me, in in this kind of environment of Super League, consistency is, is key. And if you've got to keep, you know, plugging away, plugging away, and it'll come. And we've got the quality players that, you know, it will come. But unfortunately, you know, last week on the field, we just weren't able to, to find it. And, and that's that's a disappointing thing for me, because obviously you're looking at teams like Huddersfield and the whole team's rovers around us. And you're thinking if you can beat them and then go to Warrington and get a result there, we could be, you know, up near the top of the table, and that, and that transforms everybody's, uh, you know, enthusiasm for the season, doesn't it? And you know, the outlook for the season. It's just, just little things like this. You think to yourself, if only, if only we just found something. I sort of feel. But we've got to move on, haven't we, Paul? We can't look back all the time. Uh, yeah, I think you've got, you've got to give Huddersfield a lot of credit as well. I think. I mean, you look at their squad. I was very, very impressed with their young players. They've got some really, really talented youngsters there. That, you know, the, the two senior twins played really well. You know, really tall lads. Um, Jake Wardle there. They had a guy making his debut off the bench as well, Oliver Wilson, Matty English. They're good young lads that have come through their system and, and, and around their system. So you, you've got to give Simon Wolf and their coach a lot of credit for having the faith in the young players and, and bringing them through. So, uh, so yeah, they had that enthusiasm for me. I think they ran, they ran hard. They tackled hard and. They fully deserve the victory. I don't think you can take that away from them. No, no. Um, you spoke to Ian Watson uh, after the game, Paul, and this is what I have to say. Coach's Corner. Right, a disappointing night, Ian. Yeah. Did you think, as I thought, the first 25 minutes, the amount of dominance that we had in that game? No, uh, even when we was eight nil up, myself and Gleese were talking about it on the side of the pitch and just saying we're just all over the place at the moment. We're just winning. The, we're winning the game because they were making errors. I think they were like forty percent in that first twenty minutes. Um, then they started holding the ball. We started making a couple of errors, and they started ramping up, running hard and tackling hard as well. And just the real simple basics, they just started to do really well. McGilvery started putting them on the front foot, getting quick play the balls. Leeming started getting off the back of that. Um, and, then, and we just didn't control that well, but it, it's just, it, was, it was an attitude and an intent today that let us down. It, was, um, it turned into an embarrassing performance. Which... Yeah, you made changes from, from last week, you know, we yeah. brought different people in. And, you know, I, I, I didn't think it was, we were troubling, as, as I said earlier on in the game there, but was it mistakes again or the defence was poor? No, yeah, it was, it was an all-round thing tonight, it was an all-round attitude thing defensively. But, well, I know people are just saying like obviously we're lacking a few middles at the moment and we are and to keep people with better teams you need a good set of middles and we've challenged our middles but today we've been probably found wanting and had a bit of a soft underbelly really you don't got the biggest squad in the league so obviously that's difficult was the players in there tonight who perhaps wouldn't have played if you would have had 
other players fit? Did you have to did you have to change your arm on certain players tonight? Well, everyone's always kind of picked on selection. We've obviously had to make changes from last week and the week before on the back of um, some of the performances from say Darrell and Bibber. Um, we changed Logan today tactically, but to be fair, that was probably a bad call. I probably should have started Logan to be fair because um, he's been starting really well for us. Um, but we just felt like last week we used too many subs early doors and um, obviously if your nine can't get through the full 40, full 80 then you're having to change players around more than you need to so that, that hurts you a little bit. Were you a bit shocked by that second half, what we served up there because it, it was poor, it? you must have been expecting better than that. Yeah, well, Flash spoke about character at half time and saying about this will prove whether we want it or not. It was that but, character going to fourth tonight yeah, in the yeah. table, wasn't and, it? And that, that's, what, that's what we spoke about. We said this was a big game for us. This was bigger than what the game was for Huddersfield. Yeah, Huddersfield are fighting relegation and, and looked more desperate and more hungry than us. We just we just weren't at the races. And like I say, Flash mentioned about character at half-time, saying this will prove whether we want it or not. Well, on that performance, it's just shown that we don't really want to push any harder. We're happy to just sit where we are and that's not what we want to be about. You mentioned Huddersfield there fighting relegation. I don't like saying that word, but yeah. that win tonight puts Huddersfield two behind you. And the way the league's going yeah. this season, we look at it every week. The picture changes, don't you? You don't want to get yeah, dragged does, into yeah. that, do you? Oh, do you? Uh, we've, got, we've got some big games coming up. Obviously, we start with Warrington next week, but then we've got Catalan, um, London, and Huddersfield again. So we need to we need to be picking off um, some of them games and making sure that we're putting ourselves in a, in a good position to compete for the playoffs, not to be talking about um, relegation. But after tonight, people will be talking about relegation again and we're talking about that everyone predicted we'd finish second bottom and what we've just served up today has proved a few people probably right. Is it a distraction for you with and the players, we're players signing for other clubs and things like that. Does that affect things? Or no, that was, the professional guys, yeah, and you'd expect them to be committed. That's been and gone now. It's... Um, You've got to look after your own performances. There were too many players who were miles off tonight. Um, some of our some of our effort areas were really poor. We've been really good in recent past of kick chasing really well, having loads of energy in our kick chase and scrambling hard for each other. And, and, and that wasn't there today. Could Junior Sal come into contention yep. next week? Because I know he's he's not really been around the squad for a while. Is he is he fully yep. fit now, Junior? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Junior's kind of ready to go. Um, obviously, Welly and Inu were performing, um, but that's probably slightly changed. Um, but we'll make a call on that. Naya Levels picked up what looked a bit of a nasty injury. I've just yeah. seen him come out. Is, is he going to be alright for next week? Because I know he's yeah, had a bit of a bandage on. Yeah, he, he just split his eye, so he's had it stitched up. He just, so he's a good-looking lad, though. He just looks a bit of a mess on the way yeah, out. Was a nasty, nasty, uh, nasty, nasty cut, but we'll watch it. He'll be alright now. How do you? This Warrington game next week, that's that's a tough game away from home now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, we've been there once and, and beat them. And I was really confident going there last time that we'd beat them. We, if we turn up with attitude and intent in us, we can compete with most teams. I think some of our players just think that though sometimes, because we're doing well against the St. Helens and we're doing well against um, like Castleford and Wakefield when we beat them here and we beat them convincingly because we're, we're aggressive in D. And I just think um, they think they'll just beat some of these teams, and that's not what we spoke about. We spoke about it's not about talent; it's about how hard we work and our attitude. And we, we didn't do that today. Are you a bit concerned about the attack? You know, 12 points last week. We, we sort of had a, quite a bit of ball this week, and yeah, we, we, well, we took some bad options, some bad options today, really, some bad decision making. Um, but like I said, the attack, mate, we'll, we'll score points. Um, we scored 18 points again there today, and potentially could have scored more points. The, the attack will get better, obviously, uh, two is new in. Um, 
And he's he settled in training this week. Yeah, is he better in yeah, his four week of training? Mate, really good. I was really excited to watch him play today. But he just held the ball a little bit. He looks like he can pass a ball because yeah. he, he set up a try there with a lovely looping pass. So he's got that to his game, hasn't he? Yeah, look, two is a good player. Two will be fine. What we need to do is defensively win that, win that battle there. And then it gives them a chance. When you're just defending and then you're making errors and giving penalties away, you're just making too many tackles and people are getting fatigued. Probably Tui probably got his decision making wrong defensively on um, Akuma when he just got in the outside of him. But other than, other than that, um, Tui wasn't the issue. You prided yourself on defence. Did you yeah. think, it might, it might be a bit harsh, but do you think that defence was a bit soft at times yeah. in the second half? There was, yeah. there was a couple of challenges there. You, you seem to pull up. I thought first half set the store when McGilvery was running through us. Spoke about McGilvery in our pretty in the preview, saying about how we needed to be really good with our first contact and our wrestle. Yeah, we didn't we didn't do that first half. I think our halfbacks were hitting him, were hitting McGilvery harder than what our middles did as well. And that's a worrying sign. And like I say, um, Logan's been doing that for us at the start of games. The first three last three weeks, he's been really really good at that. Logan, um, that's maybe something I need to look at and go back at. One last thing before I let you go. Gleason, Martin Gleason's last game tonight. Yeah. I know we played tribute to him last week. Are you any nearer to appointing your, your new assistant? Oh, not yet. No, we've uh, had a couple of interviews. You say we've got some more interviews. Oh, we carrying on with interviews next yeah, week. So yeah, could it be like sort of the week after when that's announced? Essentially, yeah, yeah. So obviously, like I say, it's, there's a lot of work on. But what's it? The basic is it's just attitude. Isn't it? Thanks yeah. for speaking to us tonight. Cheers, Cheers for that, mate. Cheers, mate. So Paul, that was Ian Watson talking to yourself after the game. Like, like he said. And like we've mentioned on the, on Soul Found this podcast, he thought the errors and the attitude let us down uh, against uh, against Huddersfield. And I think he's spot on there, there, Paul. Um, disappointing. He was disappointed, but I suppose it's a, a thing for being a coach. It's frustrating, but you've got to find the answers. Yeah, you do. I think he was disappointed because, it, like I said, it was the chance to go forth, wasn't it? Albeit it might have only been for 24 hours or so, but... Uh, I've not looked at the table and done my maths, but you know, you know, it, it was a big game for us. I mean, look at the league table now. If we'd have won, we'd have had 20 points, wouldn't we? So we'd have stayed sixth because Catalan Dragons won, didn't they? Beat Wakefield, so they would have would have gone above us, and then Wigan won, obviously. But you know, we'd have gone fourth for that 24 hours, and they kept us in and, in and about. Whereas now we've we've dropped off a bit and allowed the teams below us to, to catch up on us, haven't we? So. It was, it was a disappointing result and what was every right to be disappointed? I mean, you don't take anything away from Huddersfield. I don't like saying that, you know, we should be beating those sort of sides at home because I think Huddersfield deserve a bit more respect than that and I think all the other teams in Super League do. But, you know, you are, you have got, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't like saying target games, but a side that's below you in the league, you should be looking at getting a result against them. And I think it was the manner of the defeat, really, wasn't it? Huddersfield ran away with that in the second half. And I think that's what disappointed Wattle, really. I think I think I asked him on the interview, were you shocked by that second half performance? And I think he was, in a way. I don't think he expected us to, to fold up like that, like we did. Because, you know, in a way there, I thought we, we we took the towel in a bit, really, didn't we? And uh, let Huddersfield, you know, get right on top of us. Yeah, I think it's, it's kind of the, the Salford way in it, where we get win games... We, against you know Warrington and Wigan were able to go up to that you know second gear third gear fourth gear fifth gear against them them teams but against the likes of Woodfield and Ultington Rovers you know we aren't able to find that and it, it's, it's diff- it must be you know heart heartbreaking for him Watson because obviously if he he knows if, if these players can find another gear against the team you know in and around us we bl- we, we blow them away and it's, he must you know wonder sat on the training pitch he must think you know what can I do here how can how can I get these players to play with the same intensity and the same skill level that we do against Warrington than we do against the Ultimate Rovers. 
Yeah, it's, it's a difficult one, Rob. I mean, there's the other side of the coin as well, isn't there? You know, a few weeks ago, we, we had Rob Lewis there, didn't we? We beat Wakefield and Cass at home. And, you know, you beat Warrington this season with Louis in your side. You beat Catalan away. You played really well at St. Helens. Now you've had the Robert Louis factor taken away. You've got a new halfback coming in. It takes time to blend. You've got to learn the moves. And has it affected the other players as well with, with Rob leaving you, you don't know you'd have to go in the change room and ask him wouldn't you but I think that's had a, had a, had a, had a knock on effect definitely there's no coincidence in our two performances last couple of weeks I don't care what anybody says I think that's had an effect and obviously we can't dwell on that now we've got to get on with that and, and, and deal with what we've got and you know, Tuilal here has shown some some nice touches in the, in the two games he's played, and I'm fully behind him, and I know you are as well, and the supporters are. We want him to, to do well, and uh, and hopefully he can do in the next couple of weeks. But I think if if we to say that's not had an effect, Louis going, I think you'd be burying your head in the sand, really, wouldn't you? But that's just something else that we've got to deal with. What I've got to deal with, the club's got to deal with. We've just got to get on with it, haven't we? But I do think that's had an effect. Yeah, he talks about character building and, you know, he wants these games to come. He wants to, he sees them as big games, doesn't he, Paul? You know, he, yeah. he, he, he worries, well, he wants to ease our relegation worries. He, he knows that if the players, you know, these four or five games to come, you know, are going to shape our season. If the players are, you know, fully focused and switched on, you know, and putting a, you know, five out of five performance in, you know, four of the five games, you know, we come out on top and we're looking up rather than down. And, and that's the, the fine line in it. You know, in in Super League, you've got you've got to find it when it really really matters. And I think these next five games, it really really matters. So I'm, I'm hoping to see a reaction uh, from from last week, and I'm sure I'll get one. Yeah, well, the pressure's on now, Rob. I mean, you've lost two games on the spin now, so it's, it's hardly a losing run. But it, in a way, it is, I suppose, isn't it? Whereas Warrington's is a tough game going away from home. That's going to be a really hard game. So. You know, are we going to get a result there? I'm, I'm not too sure. I'm, I'm optimistic, me, so I hope so. But say you don't, then the next game after that becomes a really pivotal game. That's against Catalan Dragons, which will be another tough game. Then you've got London Broncos away, which then becomes a massive game. Then Huddersfield at home again. So every game now is going to be really, really pivotal in the season. So there the, ain't the cup final really now. We need to get as many points as we can. And that's going to shape our season, which way it's going to go. So uh, it all starts this Friday. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Obviously, there's running out of bodies, really. Not got much of a squad, but um, there is replacements available. I'm sure Ian Watson will be looking at you know, people available to try and mix it up. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mentioned the Junior South situation too, because a lot of supporters have been mentioning the Junior on social media, and I've spoken to people at the, the stadium and when, when I've been in and around the ground early doors. And, you know, he's not played for a while, Junior. And, and I, I did say that to what also. I presume that he's got, he's in the squad this week. I think I'm sure he's in the squad. I've seen the squad tonight. I know Ken Seo's not. Whether I think he might have a bit of a knock. So we, perhaps we might see see him uh, uh, feature this week. I know all puts is not in the squad. So there could be one or two changes again. You've got the new signing in, in there as well. So uh, so we'll see what what all comes up with on on, on Friday night. Yeah, it's going to be you know very very interesting. I think Paul. Um, big thanks for your, your three word match report from man of the matches. Uh, which we which we received on the Twitter. Uh, Graham uh, Jones, we move on. His man of the match for Jackson Hastings. Uh, Bob Speakman, uh, not good enough. His man of the match for Tyrone McCarthy. Susan Keogh, uh, what was that? Um, McCarthy and Chris Wellen. Sarah Bowcott, worst performance of the season, I presume. Uh, Chris Wellen. Uh, Roy Ellaby, we sold Louis. Uh, his man of the match was Gil Dudson. Colin Wilson, let ourselves down. His man of the match was... Uh, Jackson Hastings, Colin Reynolds' worst season performance. 
his man the match with Jackson Hayes. And I suppose it, it was, but I think it was because we were expecting us to, to find that extra, you know, extra gear to, to kick start, you know, kick us into that top four and a, and a new journey, a new adventure. And I think that was part of the disappointment, I think. It was, but I, I totally agree with Colin there. I think it was one of the worst performances of the season. I, I think the Leeds game, when we got took apart at home, I thought Leeds played pretty well that day. I know we were off, but I thought Leeds were at a decent performance. I think the Huddersfield game was worse for me, just the way we sort of fell away. And uh, I think he's bang on there, Colin. I thought I thought it was, and you could tell by the way the, the attitude of the players and the way Water was at the end of the game. So the supporters have got every right to be disappointed because it was a real shoddy performance, and you know, you know we've got to, we've got to bury that now and, and move on from it because um, you know we can't afford many more performances like that. Yeah, very, very poor. Um, is it Harvey Creed, Wellen or McCarthy? Andrew, poor in defence. Is man now actually Jackson Hastings? Uh, Richard Martin, awful, awful, awful. Is man now actually Gil Dudson? Lee, lost the words. Lost the words, sorry. Uh, Jackson Hastings. Um, David Deakin, really, really poor. Uh, McCarthy and Dudson. Heads, not in the game. That's an, I, Amy Sharp. Um... Richie B couldn't be bothered. I don't, I, say, I don't think they could, could, could be bothered. I just, I just think, Paul, like you said, they're just waiting for someone else to make the magic happen. And if everyone's waiting for everyone else, it never gets done, does it? No, no. I think it's hard that sometimes to say that. I mean, I've come away from games some days and I thought, oh, God, he's, they've not, their effort's not been there today and all that. And then you think about when you go over and you... I think it's very hard that sometimes to say that because you don't know. The only person who'll ever know the answer to that question is the player himself when they look at themselves in the mirror. So there's a, there's a, there's an argument for that and there's an argument against it. So I, I don't know. I thought there was a there was a bit of effort and and, and effort there in that game, but I think it was just a smartness, mistakes, and I don't know. It, it's hard. It really is. You, you know, you look at players and you think have they had their heads turned a bit? You know, with what's going on and. I think I mentioned that to Watto in the, in the interview. It must be difficult now when players know what they're doing next season. I suppose it's human nature, isn't it, to have one eye on next year. And this debate, haven't we, about whether clubs should be allowed to announce signings and all that? And we spoke about this. And I think it's something the rugby league need to look into because I think it's a bit silly, you know, where especially with the Josh Jones situation. He announced he was signing for all bloody ages ago, didn't he? So there's still like well over half for this season to go. So that must affect players and take their eyes off the ball, but I, I thought the, the effort was, was okay, mate. I think it was just daft mistakes and they weren't good enough on the day. Yeah, I think it, for me, it was a bit of game management. If you go 8-0 up, you've got to, you, it's a, you're one step yeah. away from, from you know winning the game, really. You, look, you say sort of two scores, you're on, you're on the way there, aren't you? And it's, it's just frustrating that you know certain games like this where you think, well, we had opportunities, didn't we? We, had a, yeah. we said before we had a lot, we had a lot of ball, and we did nothing with it. We, we scored eight points. Goal kicking again, you know, he missed two goal kicks. I think in his goal kicking has been poor the last couple of weeks. I thought he was very poor on. on I mean, I'm no goal kicker, but Thursday night I thought his goal kicking was a bit, a bit, a bit naff, and there was a few of those, but perhaps he should have popped over. So, you know, sometimes that's a big thing, isn't it? Going up in sixes, you know, twelve nil rather than eight nil. It's, it's a psychological difference. So, uh, yeah, I think the eight nil just kept the door open for Huddersfield. It did, it did. But on the flip side of that, the boys know what they've done wrong. They know that it, the performance wasn't wasn't where it needs to be. Ian Watson knows that as well. I'm sure this week there's, there's been a bit of soul searching and, and they know how important the next 
sort of five, six games are to, to themselves and, and the club. Because obviously, being an opportunity club, this is, this is your big opportunity. If you, if you don't take us to the next level, you disappear. And, that, and, that's, and that's the way it is in an opportunity club. It's about reaching out to go to the next level. Yeah, and time will tell, Rob. Time will tell in the next couple of weeks. We'll, we'll see what the players are made of. I'm expecting a response at Warrington on, uh, on Friday night. It's sort of a daunting place to go and get a response because they're playing really well at the moment. And they had a, they had a, well, they had a funny win against London on, uh, on I think it was on Saturday. Um, they were 36-6 up at half-time. 36-0 was it half-time or 30-0? And London won the second half 6-0. So very... Very strange game, but they've, uh, they're, they're a good side, aren't they, Warrington, with, with a lot of international players, and it's a, it's a tough place to go. Yeah, so that's uh, our look back uh, at the Yordersfield game, and next up on the Devil in the Detail, what we'll do, look at all the big news coming out of Salford Devils this week. Devil in the Detail News. So we'll start uh, with, the, with the big news of Jackson Hastings. Being officially announced as a Wigan player for two, uh, for the 2020 season, Paul. Um, what's your what's your what was your initial thoughts on it when when it was announced? Um, I think when did it get announced? It was Sunday night, was it? Uh, was it Monday? Maybe Monday. It was a night when it, I didn't I didn't hear till the day after because when I'm working and I'm not to bed early, so I think it was the day after when I saw it. I was having a brew in the morning. It was all over the. The internet and what have you, and um, no, I, I, I had a fear that he'd go to Wigan. To be honest, I didn't think he stayed at Salford. If, I, if I'm honest with you, um, what's my thoughts on it? Nothing against him, Robert. I think Jackson's one of them players where he'll he'll carry on and give 100 percent for the rest of the season. You, you've only got to look at the guy's attitude. He's, he's a winner. He wants to win everything. I bet he's don't know him personally, but I bet outside the the sport. I bet he's like that outside in, in everyday life. I bet he wants to win everything that he does and very competitive person and there's nothing wrong with that. I think um, I think he'll go on and have a great career. I think he'll do really well for Wigan and then whenever his, his career takes him after that, I'm sure he'll do really well because he, he puts his heart and soul into everything. And what he's done for Salford, I think he should be applauded for, really. He came over here and, you know, and um, gave us a massive lift last season. He could have gone last season, couldn't he, and, and, and gone to another club, and he didn't. He stayed loyal to us and, and, and stayed here. So, no, I'm, I'm very pleased we've, we've got to see him. I, I think he can get better. I think he can improve, and, and he can improve his game and get a lot better than what he is. But I think one thing he's got in spades is commitment. And, um, you know, sometimes you can have all the quality in the world, but you can't coach commitment and heart, and he's got that in abundance. And, uh, no, I wish the lad all the best. And I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, well, the best Jackson, all that, but he still knows he's got eight games to play for Salford yet, and uh, he'll give 100% in them games, I'm sure he will. Yeah, I was, I was gutted, to be honest, because he, he has been sort of head and shoulders above the majority of what we've got. Even though, you know, we have got some eight out of ten players, he's been the, the standout player for me over the last sort of 12 months. And we, we wanted, obviously, we're being selfish, he gave us 12 months when no one thought he would. And then... I just thought, I mean, it's another 12 months that have come. He could have mentally, as a club and as a team, gone to that next level. And then if he had a left, we could have been able to kick on from there. That's that what, what guts me. But obviously, like you said, fantastic player, committed to the cars, fantastic off the field as well. He's kind of the, kind of the role model, which, you know, every player should be, really. And, you know, he's given us sort of, what, 12 months of... of of joy, really, because a lot of people have kind of, you know, took him to our to our to our hearts, haven't we, as, as supporters? Because we recognise when when you see a talent, um, 
and then with, obviously I'm, I'm just gutted that he's got he has to go. Um, but you know, new new uh, new opportunity for the next hero to come along, and, and that's and that's what I think's the the important part of all this is. Yeah, Jackson Eason still has a job to do at Salford Devils. He's obviously said that on his Twitter announcing to when he announced the. Uh, his signature to Wigan, he was saying, oh, you know, I've still got a job to do at Salford. You know, the, the, the fans, you know, mean so much to me. I'm, I'm going to be able to, you know, put in big performances for them for the next remaining season. It's not about next season, it's about now, which, which, was, which was nice. The only kind of thing that worries me now is how do we as a team and how do we as a club react short-term and long-term? And long, and long because obviously short-term, Jackson Aitens is still here, but we know that Jack Street is on his way out. Will we still have the drive and the passion and the commitment to, to run run off him and, and make him look very good? Will or will we think, well he won't be here next season, you know, let's just go through the motions. That that's kind of one bit of a worry. But then long term, off off the field, fans you know, we, we love Jackson Asians and whoever comes in to replace Jackson Asians, you know, has a mountain to climb because if obviously Jackson Asians has been a fantastic player. And people have, will now use him as a yardstick, won't they, for the next person to come in? And you know, unless this person's the best, you know, standoff in Australia, he's not going to match up to Jackson Aiton. And you just open it. Whoever comes in, us fans give, you know, that person an opportunity, a chance to show what they've got. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right, Robert. Um, I don't know if you've uh, just been listening to you there. Sort of, uh, no, he, he, what he says is absolutely spot on. It's uh, where do I go from there now? Um, you can't be on the app here. Then I'm just enjoying listening to what you were saying there. I've got tears in my eyes here. Yeah. Very emotional, that Rob. Um, no, it, it, like I said before, I, I wish him all the best next season when he goes because, as I said before, players like Jackson Aces, they, they don't come off along very often. They, they're quite a rare breed, people like that, you know, with that sort of commitment. And the, the, the one thing I noticed about when he first came was he had an attitude and an edge to him that he didn't give a toss about other clubs. He only cared about us and he didn't give a toss about Wigan's reputation, Leeds' reputation, you name it. He, he wanted to do the best for Salford. And I think that, for a supporter, is what you want and is all you can ask. He wants the best for Salford and he, he, he wants us to do the, the, the best we can. And, you know, not all players are like that. And that that's, that's one thing that really, really warmed me to him straight away. He was, he was 100% committed to Salford and, you know, Salford came first and, you know, there's been players who've come to Salford over the, the, the t- period that we've watched them over the last sort of 20 or 30 years who, who've come for the wrong reasons, I think, and, and took the money and had an easy life. But Aces wasn't one of those. Um, he's been a, he's been been really good. So how do we replace him? Players come and go, don't they? I think one thing you've got to remember with players is they're not supporters, are they? You know, we're in it for the long haul as fans. We, we, we're in it for life. A player's not a player. is employed by you. And, you know, other clubs will come along and, and you'll, you'll move on. And, it's a short career, isn't it? And, and Jackson's got ambitions to, to, to do well in the sport. And, you know, I think he wants to go and play back in Australia one day. I mean, I'm sure he does. So, you know, playing for Wigan, as much as it, it's hard for me to say, Wigan's a big club, aren't they? You know, a massive club with a massive history. They've won a lot of trophies. They've got a lot of money. They get big, fantastic attendances. And, you know, they're the champions, aren't they? They're the current Super League champions. For whatever you say about them, they might have had a struggling year this year. They are the, the current champions. So, you know, there's no getting away from that. Um, so him going there it's a, it's, it's a good move for him and 
you know, a lot of Salford supporters might have a go at me and I say, oh, Wigan aren't that good. They're not the Wigan they used to be. They're still, they're still a big club, aren't they? I mean, you ask anybody in the country or anybody in the world to name a rugby league team and you know, probably a lot of people would name Wigan, wouldn't they? They're a very famous club. So, you know, he's got the ambitions to go there. I'm sure he'll do a great job there for, for Wigan. He'll fit right into their ethos. And, um, and yeah, and, and as for Salford going forward, I'm sure we'll... We'll, we'll re- replace him and someone else will come along because we've had good players in the past, haven't we? And, and we've sold them and players have moved on. You can, you can read players off, can't you? We've had over the years and we've gone on to other clubs and, and they've done really well. There's a lot of them floating around in Super League now, the likes of T.O. Five, Stefan Ratchford, Richie Myler, you know, these sort of people, Jordan Turner, Mark Sneed. We've had we've had some really good players over the last sort of 10 years and they've all gone on and done jobs at other clubs. So, uh, you know, it's about unearthing those, those next sort of players now because... Uh, if you think back about Hastings, I'd not particularly, without being rude, I'd not really heard of Jackson Hastings before he came on to Salford. I don't really follow the NRL as much as I used to do. So, um, you know, he came over here and he's become a household name, hasn't he now? So, for us, I'm sure there's plenty more players out there like that who we can unearth and, uh, and give an opportunity to. Yeah, I, I don't think, Paul, we've been this close to going to the next level. And that's what got me about Jackson Hastings. But, like, like we've said, it's about the next hero that comes along. And it's up to like the likes of Ian Watson and Ian Blaze and the people involved in our scouting system. They've rolled sixes, haven't they, in the last couple of seasons, picking up quality players. And there's no reason why they won't roll another six and pick up the next Jackson Hastings in the off-season. And if they do, no, no, no. we'll go to that next level. Because that, that's what, as a club, that's what we need. We need to go to that next level. And, you know, we've, we've got enough quality players in this squad, eight out of ten players, who live in that live at that next level? We just got to find somebody, maybe another Jackson Hastings, to pick us up and carry us over the line. And that's 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 what I'm hoping for. Being a Salford fan, you never know, dear. You don't know whether whether it's another false dawn, but you're just hoping it's not. You're just hoping that we continue this rise uh, under Ian Blaze and, and Ian Watson, and we get the next Jackson Hastings and we go again. Yes, yeah, certainly. I think. To be fair to, to you, Rob, though, and to your point there, I think Jack Stace is one of those players who, as I said before, they don't come out along very often, yeah. do they? They're, uh, you know, once in a sort of 10-year player, aren't they? 20-year player, generation player or whatever, and you, there's not many of them knocking about, is there, so that you can get your hands on it. You know, without going on a negative point, now, I think, you know, there, there comes a time where people are Salford and supporters and I'm not having a pop at people who go here now I'm, I'm on about like, the people who don't and you've got to get behind the club and back them haven't you if you want to see players like this and if you know we're struggling for attendances aren't we and I think it was 2,300 against Huddersfield if you want to keep like players like this it's probably very difficult for the club I understand where the club are coming from because it must be hard for them to balance the books because good players want decent money won't they because mm. I'm not saying they're mercenaries, but you can't blame a player for moving on and getting decent money at another club because Salford can't afford to pay him that. I mean, that's not the player being greedy. That's the player being ambitious and wanting to win stuff and, and, and play at a higher level, isn't it? And obviously the money as well, because I said before, it's a short career, isn't it? So if you're only getting sort of two or three thousand, you're not going to be able to afford to, to play, to, sorry, to pay top whack. I, so I know I'm digging a bit of an hole for myself here, and I don't. I hate going on about attendance and that, but I do get where the club are coming from because it's like the Robert Lewis situation. We spoke about it off air before, didn't we? About the only sixty-five grand. Were we desperate for that sixty-five thousand pound? Well, we must have been really, wasn't we? To, to sell Robert Lewis, so 
I don't know. It must be difficult. It must be hard for a club to balance the books, mustn't it, and keep hold of these these, these good players um, when other clubs come knocking. Because you look at Wigan, they've probably got a lot more money to spend on players than us. Haven't they? I don't know what their their budget is. I, I presume Jackson Aces is going to be their marquee player. I think for next season, is it? So I don't really know how the maths of it work. I think you can pay your marquee player quite a bit more money, can't you? And we've probably not got that that money. Knocking about a bit to pay it, so it must be difficult. It really must be difficult, Rob. You know, for for us to keep going and, and to survive. And don't know. We've just got to keep keep plodding on, haven't we? And, and doing our best. And I'm sure we'll we'll pick up some more players along the way. I suppose it's, it's finding that belief that we can do it without Jackson Aiton, because obviously he is only one man. That's, that's yeah, of course, of course, he's one person. Yeah. So you know. If you talk about him doing this, he's fantastic. He runs around, you know, makes all the moves, you know, runs down lost causes. But he is only one man, and that's and that's the kind of, you know, his um, sort of ability to inspire. Then is infectious, and everyone gets to that next level because of him. But was he because he isn't there, or he won't be there? The players have got to realise that it's in him, and they can find that without him being there. That, yeah, this this is this is this. Yeah, it's this, it's a stage now. Sorry for interrupting, Rob. This is a stage now for somebody else to to take up the mantle, isn't it, and um, and step up. I think you said it on one of the posts you put on the Facebook page about new heroes coming along. Now, I think the club have said that as well, and, and it is. People have got to step up now, and the time moves on. Players move on. You know, I, I've been really upset when players have left over the years. You know, as a kid growing up, and I spoke to you a long time about Steve Blakely going. To Warrington all the way came back as a hero he is but players have gone haven't they and you know we've, we've missed players and you've been dead disappointed when certain players have left you know look at Ben Burnett a few seasons ago he's a good player for us and, and that was gutting when he went and and, and players do and, and, and the club moves on the supporters move on and life goes on doesn't it you know you've got to get on with it you can't sit there sulking about that so uh, as gutting as it is we've just got to get on with it and, and keep going yeah, so good luck, Jackson, at Wigan, and uh, we'll just all be happy that it happened. That's, what, that's, that's the way to end it, I think. Don't be wishing him good luck till next season, though, because he's still got eight games to play for us. <laughs> <laughs> we'll yeah. wish him good luck at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, other news. Uh, new signing, Paul. Geoff uh, yep. Johnson uh, from Barrow. Uh, prop forward. Uh, played for Hulkington Rovers and Huddersfield. Um Seems like the real deal to me. Yeah, well, I was um, I was discussing. I had a message off uh, Josh Taylor, one of my friends on Facebook. I think he listens to the pod, and we was have a, have a chat every now and again. And we was discussing this today on the, on the messenger. And he was saying, that I hope he's going to be another Joe Bullock, who we're going to have got. I think he's a Cumbrian lad, and he's come from the Championship, you know, League One Championship, and gone to Wigan and, and been fantastic. You know, he's played against us this season, so there's there's some gems in that Championship. You look at the likes of Alex Wormsley and um, Kyle Amor at St. Helens; they come from the Championship, and you know, there's some good gems in there, some good players, and you know, he looks like he's got the potential to me. I was thinking back, you know, Andy Coley. Remember when we signed Andy Coley all those years ago? We signed him from Swinton, so. You know, players, you know, you know, from from the lower leagues can come up and, and step up and do a, a good job for you, can't they? And, you know, this this kid's coming with, with, with good pedigree, and um, I'm sure he's a hungry young man who wants to. He's got a, a chance at Super League now. You said there he's played before for Huddersfield and Hulkingston Rovers, so now he's got another shot at the big time. You know, Barrow have struggled this season, haven't they, in the in the Championship? So I'm sure he's going to take this with uh, with both hands now. This opportunity that he's got because he's. He's not coming in next season. He's coming in now, isn't he? He's in the squad. He's been thrown straight into the squad for Friday night. You know, what a, what a 
what a sort of a daunting prospect that must be for him, you know, coming straight from Barrow and he's bang, he's in the squad at Warrington away. So I wish him all the best. I'm sure he's going to do a really good job for us. It's only daunting if there's fear. Opportunity I'm sure he's on. relishing it, Rob. I think well, you would be, wouldn't you? I oh, think yeah. I would be, definitely. Opportunity player joins an opportunity club. And yeah. them, so that's, the, that's, the, that's the way to look at this. You know, we're moving forward. He's going forward as well. You know, the, the stars are the limit, really. And that, yeah. that's, the, that's the way this club is. That's the, that's the, the mantra we have to sort of create. You know, let's go to the big time. Let's all go together. You know, we talked before, obviously, about the money and that, but surely players want to win stuff as well. And if you're competing week in, week out, then you become, you know, uh, you know somebody who, who's achieving in a club that's achieving. Why would you go anywhere else? That's right. That's right. Yeah, you can you can talk about the money and obviously that that's you know you need money to 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 keep all the stuff. But I think players as well. I think you you your pride and you wanting to do well and wanting to win things comes first. Um, all in all, doesn't it? And um, you know this is a great opportunity now for him, and I'm sure it's an opportunity going to grab with both hands, isn't it? And uh, you know how exciting is that? You know to to go into to your squad there, and I'm sure he'll be in that 17. You know he's in the 19 man squad, but. I'm pretty certain he'll be on the bench. I would have thought, or he might start. But I would. I, I think he'll be on the bench for uh, for Friday night. Definitely, I think he'll be in that team. We're low on forwards at the moment. Lee Moss up still out, and George Griffin's out. So you, you, you've got some 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 of the uh, the middles that are missing. So uh, I think he'll be in the side, and you know I'm expecting to see some uh, some fireworks from him. He, he looks that sort of player. Do, do you think? Obviously, do you know when the when the transfer window shuts? Is there, a, is there an hour transfer window? Me and my dad were speaking about this the other day. I, I thought there was because if you look back periodically over the, the season's gone by, teams always seem to do a, a bit of business towards the end of the season. I'm just going back over Solve for the last few years. When it's been the, I mean, it's a different format now, but when it's been the eights, we've, a few times we brought players in. I think if you go back a few years ago, we bought a lad called Ian Thornley in, uh, Randy Matau, we brought him in, didn't we? Uh, Luke Burgess came in as well. Um, who was it we bought last Moran. season? Moran. Who? Was it for Ferran? For um, no. Yeah, that was a few years before, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Liam Foran, yeah, and Vic Camaro. Yeah. Didn't, didn't do much, man, but they did come. <laughs> yeah, they did come, <laughs> no comment. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so but teams, teams tend to do, don't they? I mean, there's been... There's been a lot of transfer movement recently. You've only got to look at Leeds and Old the Rovers. They've they've swapped a few players around, haven't they? And uh, Matt Parcells got the old KR. And they, they've gone. There's been quite a bit of transfer movement the last couple of weeks. So um, I'm not too sure, to be honest with you. Though that's that's the answer to that one, mate. The long-winded answer, but I'm not too sure. I'd like I'd like to know if any of our listeners know to let us know whether it's because I'm thinking, you know, if the window is about to shut, would Wattle go big like he did with Jackson Aston to try and push us into that? Sort of top four, but who's available? Though? I don't know. Who'd you say is available? I don't, I'm not. I'm not Ian Watson. I don't have a have a you know a, a web of, of say spies, but you know, you know people tracking players all over the world. I don't know. But I'm just wondering: is this would there be the facility to bring someone in so you know to kick us on to that next level, like Jackson Nation did last year? Yeah. Have we got Have we got the juice in our tank or the ambition? Or both to 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 go go out and get somebody to take us before. I think you should ask what all that in the press conference on Friday. <laughs> yeah, 
you'll look at me. If we win, I'll ask him if he wins. <laughs> he always has to joke questions. Yeah, he, does. I think he likes you, Rob. He always he smiles does. at you. Yeah, he does. He does. He, he's, he's, like you say, he's, he's really good uh, in the press conference and you know, really honest as well, I think, as well, most weeks. Um, yeah, he certainly is. But yeah, it would be interesting, obviously, but I suppose we need to know when the window's up, don't we? Yeah, that, I think sure, that, that's uh, probably something we need to find out. If any of the listeners know, they can let us know. Uh, I'm sure somebody out there knows, but yeah, I'm not too sure on that one. We need to do our homework, don't we? We do. No, I just thought, because it's normally towards the end of the season, isn't it? So, yeah. Towards yeah. the back end now, eight games yeah. to go. I thought there was like a deadline or like a, a signing deadline. Yeah, I did. No. I'm not too sure when. We'll have to see. Hopefully someone might know. Um, other news, Paul. Um, talking about uh, our, one of you know, our local amateur clubs, uh, there's the opportunity to walk out of the grand final with the, the, the two teams in it. Um, if you're a junior club aged between 7 and 12, you've got to fill a form in. Um, I think we're going to put it out on our Facebook and our Twitter. Uh, that's a great opportunity for you know one of our local sides, if picked, to, to walk out on the biggest stage of all. Don't know about biggest stage of all, Challenge Cup finals the biggest stage of all. <laughs> <laughs> that's up for debate for another day. But yeah, that's a fantastic opportunity, Rob. I saw that the other day and I know we've got quite a lot of local sides that we cover in the amateur report, haven't we? And uh, it'd be great for, for one of those sides to get chosen and uh, and walk out there at Old Trafford. It really would, you know, for, for those young players as well. So if, you, if, you, if we can get behind that and push that, that's uh, that, that'd be brilliant. Yeah. Uh, other bits of news, um, Supporters Trust event, Paul. Um, do you have the details there? No, I don't, because no. I don't know whether... We, we mentioned this before, we had a little chat about this before, didn't we? we didn't know whether we were allowed to announce it yet, because no. I don't know whether they've announced it, but apologies to the Supporters Trust, because uh, Rob's a little bit of a naughty boy, aren't you? No, I don't know. We won't steal the thunder, because it's important, obviously, the Supporters Trust you know, need to, to break their own news, don't they? And it's yeah, but we won't be doing another pod now until after after this no. this this night. So should we just mention it and we'll, we'll just say that we'll wait for them for the details? Yeah, that might be a good idea. Right, well, I t- I, all as I know is I got a phone call from Dennis last week and he said that um, he'd like me and you to compare this, um, <coughs> excuse me, this uh, question answers night. It's at Shandos, it's next Tuesday, so I don't know what date we're recording this on Wednesday, aren't we? So it's... It'll be the Tuesday after the um, after the Warrington game next Tuesday. I don't know what, exactly what time it starts, but they're usually about seven and a half, seven out. And I'm sure the Supporters Trust can contact you. I'm sure the Supporters Trust will put that out on their, their website. And as soon as they do, we can share it on our page anyway and let everybody know. But it's going to be at Shandos next Tuesday. Um, Greg Johnson's going to be there. Adam Walker's going to be there. And I'm not sure who else is going to I think Paul King's going to be there as well. Don't quote me on that. But I think there's some interesting and exciting news going to be floating about and um, me and you are going to be uh, doing our uh, comparing famous comparing acts and I get get really nervous about stuff like that so apologies to anybody who's listening if if I'm a bit nervous on the night because I like doing podcasts and that but when we're on the stage and I, I, I get a bit nervous so uh, but I'm sure we'll be alright we'll be fine I'm, I'm you, you, you do a good job you're like yeah. the day spiky yeah. I'm, the other, I'm the other way me as soon as you get on that stage bang it's just a different like oh I don't know, like Frank Sinatra so yeah. you get off stage <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like the, I think it's like the radio as well you know when the red light goes on I just I just, I just turn it into something different you know so yeah same thing, thing when you're on the stage I think I did drama at school so I think it's just in there you know. yeah see I was, I was always rubbish at that at school drama yeah, I was. I got a B in drama. 
Did you? Yeah. Why did you do that? It's like your options. Yeah, yeah. What did you pick for your other option? Good question, Matt. Um, what was it? Matt and business studies. Yeah, we had that. We had business studies. Or what was the other one? Or you could do, was it Spanish or something? I picked geography and history. Did you? Well, when I left school, I only passed history. But I got my results. I only got a C in history. I failed everything else. No, um, no I went back and, and re sat in for six months and stayed on at sixth form because I was a bit yeah. wally at school. I didn't really. I was all right. I was just a bit lazy. Um, I was always like reading programs and watching yeah. solvers <laughs> things like that. I told you about my French exam at school, haven't I? No. Well, my French GCSE, I hated French. We're going off tangent here, aren't we? But um, I, I hated French and um, I just thought it was a complete waste of time. I really did. I've never been to France. I'm talking 20 years ago now. I've never been to France. I was never going to go to France. That was rubbish. Um, so anyway, I went in the sports hall. Like a thousand other kids doing GCSE. And I thought, I'm going to be a rebel here. I'm not going to bother doing this. So I did. I sat there for an hour and a half. I turned the, pa- the, the paper over and I drew a picture of the willows on the back. <laughs> and uh, and then they, they, like, they, one of the teachers, you know, the invigilators come and, and pick the, the, the paper off me and looked at me as if to say, you idiot, right side. And, and that was my little claim to fame with, with history, but uh, with my French, sorry. But um, no, I, I passed history and I think I only passed that because I used to watch loads of war films, but... Um, and I, I used to like me John Wayne films and stuff like that. So one of my papers was the Vietnam War, and I think the other one was World War Two. And I was pretty good at all that. I knew all about the German Luftwaffe and what have you. A bit of a geek like that. So that's the only thing I passed at school. So yeah, thanks. I was I was I was estimated two GCSEs and ended up getting four. Then went to good. college and got two more. And then I was a bit business administration. And then at that point, I was a bit like bored with school and college. I wanted to get out and start working. And at that point, if I'd, if I'd just had my time again, I'd have told myself to stay in, really. And yeah. gone and done some media course, maybe. It was a t- you know, the time, but yeah. the, one that, the only one I could have gone on was at Manchester Met, um, you know, marketing. Yeah. Uh, you know, like cans of beans, kind of designing the labels and stuff. And I thought, not really for me, that. And I was a bit... If I, look, if I look back, I, I think it's in itself, I could have, I should have done that really. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think that's like oh. a different direction, but then yeah. I think to myself, if I hadn't have sort of done the administration part and learned to touch type and, and do stuff, then I wouldn't be in the job I'm doing now. So, I think you know, you know, always look back, don't you, and, and think you could have, you could have done things different. I think you, as you get older, you, you, you do become a bit wiser, don't you, in, in, yeah. in things. I mean, when I was at school, I, I always wanted to be a journalist. I'm talking about when I was like 12, 13, that was my thing. I remember Dad saying that. I always just went, Dad, oh, I'll be a journalist, Dad. I want to, want to write about rugby league and, 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 and things like that. And I've always wanted to do that. You know, I used to read the Manchester Evening News and used to be great reporters in there. I thought, I'd love to do that. You know, not just about Salford, but about the sport itself. But And I was never that good at English at school. And I'm I still now, I'll do writing and stuff. And people will, will say to me, oh, you, you spelled that wrong or you've done this wrong. So I, I still know I'm not... Not great at English, but I've always been had a good sort of um, you know for making stories up and things like that. I, I'm not too bad at that. And when we used to do creative writing at school, I always write about a Salford match or one that I think I wrote about the Sheffield Cup semi final once. That was a bit of a tear jerker. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I've always I've always enjoyed doing doing that. But 
when I saw the careers advice was like 15 I said oh, I want to be a duelist and I remember him saying to me you, you're not really cut out for that mate you you know you're not you're not good enough so uh, that's so wrong so, uh, though at 15 isn't it that's so wrong it, it, you know who knows what might have happened at 15 yeah, yeah, yeah. Sit around and say sorry, Paul, but no. No, he sort of said to me, "We had a school career. Like, you know, was to come in." And he said, "No, it's not for you, that mate." He said, "You don't want in you staying on doing A levels. You need to get get your ass out of school and get yourself a job." And I did. I got myself an apprenticeship, and you know, twenty years later, I'm still doing engineering and what have you. So I'm doing all right out of it. Well, now, but now you're a, you're now you're a journalist as well. Just because we haven't got the qualifications doesn't mean we aren't. I'm trying, yeah. I love writing. I, I, I do writing for you guys, the podcast. I do stuff for the support stuff. I love doing it. I don't get paid for any of it, but I love it. I absolutely love writing. And You know, you ask my missus, I spend loads of time doing it, and, and she drives her daft, but I, I just do it for the love of it. You know, I just love writing and putting things together. I'm a sad old with stuff like that, but like this opportunity I got a few a few years ago to do the podcast, love it, absolutely love it, and uh, long may it continue. Mate. We've got off on a right tangent tonight, yeah, haven't we? Apologies, about, listeners. I've, I've watched to be a sports commentator. And I, 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 yeah, well, you, you, I can tell because you've got the um, you've got the the skill for it, haven't you? You know, yeah. um, it's, it must be hard. I mean, I've listened to your commentator matches, and to keep it going and to describe it, um, it's a, it's a real skill because you've only got. I love listening to rugby league on the radio. I like listening to Radio Manchester, and I listen to Talk Sport too when they have the games because I've not got Sky anymore. And I always think it's great on the radio because the, the commentators really paint a picture, don't they? Because you have to do, don't you? Yeah, I was like you say, you know, what school, always used to commentate when I was playing football in the playground, um, you know, went to watch Salford, met Steve Rami Ramsbottom, you know, went under his wing, sort of learnt a lot from Steve, still do, it's a fantastic, you know, wordsmith Steve, even now, um, and, you know, it's something I love I love to do, and, you know, hopefully, you know, we can I continue to do it, you know, for years and years to come, because it's, like you said, it's, it's it, you paint a picture, don't you, of, of what's going on, and, you know, I, I really love that in, 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 you know, any any sport, rugby league, football, anything, it's 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 a pleasure really, and, and an honour to be able to you know to be able to to commentate on a game and 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 sort of tap into people's emotions because you know when you when you listen to old games or listen you know watch old games or listen to old uh, action you know shots, um, it gets the adrenaline going because you remember the moment, don't you? And people yeah. remember what you say. Uh, even now we talk, you know, Steve Ramsey Ramsbottom with his you know his old videos in, in the eighties and in the early nineties. You know, at Swinton, uh, the uh, station road when Adrian Adley's running down the wing, and, and you oh go on, keep running, Steve, and you know it's it's you know things like sticking the memory, don't it? You know what I mean? And you know if if, if I can be after the commentator Steve is, then it's it's a good job for me. Yeah, well, I, I grew up on a lot of them sort of videos. I've got quite a few of them on DVD now. You know, the old Salford games, and used to um, sort of if they had a good win. I go in the club shop and you know, and I had a video, so I had a drawer full of them. And I didn't know Steve Ramsbottom until you introduced me to him. And I thought, God, he's he's that guy who's commentated on all these these DVDs and videos, and you, and you do some of the some of the commentary is absolutely fantastic. So, uh, so yeah, and like you say, it's it's a skill. It's not something I could do. I just chirp in with special comments every now and again. Not when I commentate for you, but no, it's a skill and. Uh, no, it's, it's it's good. It's great. I just think for me, if I get commentator amnesia where you just watch the game and then how many times have I said to you after the game, what score was it? Because I can't remember. Yeah. I'm like, I was in, in the moment and was, you know, watching the match and describing what was going on but then when the game's over, it's just, it's a, you know, it just disappears and I just can't, what was it? You ask me that every week before we do that. After match video, what was the score? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not like I've watched it, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a weird, yeah. 
it's a weird feeling, right? But uh, but yeah, that's that's the that's our life. That's the story of our life, Paul. Up to now. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I don't think there's any more news, Paul. Um, so what we'll do is we'll look at the amateur port, the amateur scene, and see what our amateur clubs are doing this week in your amateur report. Here is this week's Devil in the Detail amateur report, and we shall start off as ever with the National Conference Leagues. And it was uh, it wasn't the best of weeks for our local sides, to be honest. Siddle beat Rochdale Mayfield twenty six points to twenty four in the Premier Division on Saturday. In Division One, Featherstone Lions beat the Saddlewood Rangers by forty six points to sixteen. And in Division Three, Oldham Saint Anne's eight, Hunslet Warriors twenty eight. Waterhead Warriors 20, Batley Boys 24 and Salford City Roosters were beaten at home to Hensingham by 26 points to 12. It was a good day though for Damolola, sorry, Damola Lowe who scored a hat-trick for Salford City Roosters. So a good performance from him but he couldn't prevent the defeat. 26 points to 12, that keeps Salford City Roosters bottom of the table. One point behind Eastmore Dragons. Rochdale Mayfield are second bottom in the Premier Division. Also in Division 3, Oldham St. Anne's and Watthead are struggling at the wrong end of the table as well. The fixtures for this coming Saturday, the 13th of July, is Lee Minor Rangers against Rochdale Mayfield in the Premier Division. Division 1, Saddleworth Rangers are at home to Ulton Raiders. And in Division 3, Oldham St. Anne's play Dewsbury Celtic and Waterhead Warriors are at home to Salford City Roosters. Well, it was another light week in the North West Men's League. Not many fixtures at all to tell you about. The uh, The only games we've got from Saturday the 6th of July were in Division 2 and 4. Division 2, it was Langworthy Reds 86, Lee Minor Rangers A6. So a terrific win there for Langworthy Reds. West Hot and Lions had a good win. They beat Charlie Panthers by 48 points to 28 in Division 2. In Division 4, Saddleworth Rangers A46, North Wales Crusaders A34. And Division 5, Bolton Met 16, Blackpool Stanley 30. The fixtures for this coming week, Saturday the 13th of July in the Premier Division Thato Heath Crusaders A play Rochdale Mayfield A in Division 1 Folly Lane are at home to Ulverston Division 2 Charlie Panthers play Berry Broncos Langworthy Reds are at home to Wigan St Jude's A West Hot Lions play Hindpool Tigers in Division 4 it's North Wales Crusaders A against Caddies and Rhinos and the South Ribble Rabbitohs are at home to Saddleworth Rangers A moving on to the North West Youth League as I said before not much to report there was just one result in Division 3 on Sunday that was Wollstone Rovers 20 Berry Broncos 20 that was in the under 16's Division 3 the fixtures for Sunday the 14th of July the Premier Division it's Holton Farm with Hornets against Oldham St Anne's that's the Premier Division of the Under-18. Saddleworth Rangers play Waterhead Warriors, also in the Premier Division of the Under-18s. In Division 2 of the Under-18s, it's Langworthy against Burton Wood. And in the Under-16s Premier Division, Newton Storm plays Saddleworth Rangers. In Division 2 of the Under-16s, it's West Horton against Goldburn Parkside. And Rochdale Mayfield play Barrow Island. Well, as we mentioned last week, the Northwest Lionhearts were on tour against... Uh, Jamaica, uh, Jamaica Select, they played their opening match of the tour and they came up with an impressive 13 try success. They won that game by 66 points to nil. So, congratulations to the Northwest Lion Hearts, and we shall keep you up to date with the rest of their games. The Lion Hearts, who take part in a Nines tournament on Sunday, I'll give you the results for that next week when we get them. Also, face Kingston and St Andrews Reds on Wednesday, the 10th of July, and a Jamaica A the following Saturday. So, we'll keep you in touch with that when we get those results in the coming weeks. So, congratulations there, Northwest Lions. Hearts. Fantastic start to their tour. There's one bit of uh, amateur news for you as well. The Rugby Football League have given teams extra reason to enter the forthcoming play 
Touch Rugby competition by offering free tickets to the 2020 Challenge Cup final for the winners. The competition will be launched at Catterick on Saturday and will continue at Warrington on Saturday the 10th of August before climaxing at the Blackpool Grand Day Out on Saturday the 7th of September. The RFL has invited 12 teams to take part in the Play Touch competition, describing it as skillful and as action-packed as a traditional physical game minus the tackling. Teams interested in taking part at Warrington should contact Andrew Patton. His telephone number is 077 874 or you can email Andrew, and it's all lowercase, it's Andrew underscore 336 at hotmail.com and his information regarding Blackpool is available by emailing this is um, capital C and it's charlotte.clinch and that is I better spell this out for you so charlotte.clynch at rfl.co.uk and the entry fees are £100 per round so get in touch with that if you can do because it sounds pretty good you get free tickets for the 2020 Challenge Cup final that's all I've got for you on the Amateur Report this week I shall see you on Friday night for Salford against Warrington have a good week and take care So that was your amateur report. Next up on the Devil in the Detail, we'll look forward to Salford's match against Warrington on Friday night. It's time on the Devil in the Detail. So, Salford Devils travel to Warrington on the Friday night. Paul, big game for Salford. Obviously, after last week's defeat against Huddersfield, opportunity for Ian Watson and his players to right a few wrongs and bounce back. Yes, yeah, certainly, they, and they don't come any tougher than Warrington away, really. They're one of the, uh, the top sides in the table, aren't they? Second place, only behind St. Helens, and you know St. Helens have been outstanding this season. Not the 19 wins from 21 matches, they are, are going to take some stopping. Uh, but Warrington are the next best thing to them, you know, on 30 points, 15 wins. They've been pretty consistent. I think one one thing that sort of lets Warrington down for me is complacency. And um, I think there was a, there was a, a shade of that when we played them on on Good Friday. I think they expected to roll us over, and we went there and did an absolutely fantastic job on them. We played outstanding that day. Game plan was awesome. Uh, what I've got absolutely perfect players were so drilled onto that that game plan, and, and we absolutely outplayed Warrington on Good Friday. So I'm expecting them to be switched on. I don't think they're going to fall for that that twice. I think it's going to be a tough game. Uh, they've got a lot of quality players, haven't they? They've got a quality pack of forwards, haven't they? And a team full of international players, really. And uh, you look at Blake Austin and you compare him to sort of Jackson Aces, he's a similar sort of player. He's a linchpin, talisman. Um, we kept him quiet, I thought, on Good Friday. So we're going to have to do a similar a similar job I think on uh, on this Friday because it's going to be it's going to be tough it's going to be a tough game definitely it's going to be tough Paul I think the other thing we've got to kind of think about is our players are going to be fired up for it to you know to, to you know, right a few wrongs and show what they've got so we'll go to that next level but Warrington you know kind of live in that next level so we've got to go to the next level above that to, to try and beat them and, that, and that's where I think you know this club Souls of the Devils historically aren't able to go to two levels up, you know, in one sitting, we'll call it, because you we might go up a level, but Warrington might have enough historically to win the game. Where if this team is as good as we think it is, they're able to go and go again. 
and that'll, that'll be interesting to see I think what happens on Friday night hopefully the boys be fired up they know what they know what to do they know what what went wrong last week uh, and they'll be able to outpower outmuscle outthink and outplay Warrington on Friday I think that'll take some do some do in that yeah definitely everybody's gonna have to play well if we're to stand any chance of winning this game you, you want to 17 is gonna have to perform you're gonna have to defend well and you're gonna have to defend well from minute one you know, you can't be coming into the game half-baked and making mistakes because they'll punish you. Warrington will punish you. They've got some quality players, a quality back line. I mean, Josh Charlton, I mean, you look at his try-scoring record for, for Wigan um, and he's, and he's averaging nearly a try a game, isn't he? And, um, when he's, he's been at Warrington, he's the same. He's so prolific and he's, he's got fantastic pace, great finisher as well. And uh, Tom Lynham on the other side, I, I'm not he's like his biggest fan, that Tom Lynham, but he still comes up with the tries. They've got a good half-backs, they've got a good pack of fouls, Daryl Clark. He's a bit of an enigma, him. I mean, I thought he was a fantastic player at Cass, and since he's gotten a Warrington, he's been a bit hit and miss, hasn't he? He's either absolutely outstanding or you don't see much of him, but Mike Cooper, Ben Curry, Jack Hughes, Chris Hill, you know, they've got some real big forwards there, haven't they? I particularly like Danny Walker as well, the uh, the young lad that they signed from Witness last season. He's, he's looked a real good prospect. So they've got some quality, they've got, they've got a good squad, haven't they, Warrington? And, They've got an, um, a, a real rich sort of squad, haven't they? An embarrassment of riches, if you like. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, strength in depth. They've got a lot of strength in depth. They've got players to come in, haven't they? You know, ben Murdoch, Masilla and Stefan Ratchford are out injured, I think, at the moment, so they probably won't feature. But they've got other players that they'll bring in there. So we're going to have to be on our game. We're going to have to be on our game to, to, to stand up to them. Otherwise, you're going to fear, fear a long night for us. Um, do you know what the weather's? Looking like Paul, have you got your weather? It's going to be nice, I think, on uh, on Friday. Is it going to be is it small? Is it no coat or just light coat? No, I always have a coat on. Always have a coat. Okay, that's fine. Uh, always wear a coat and don't wear sandals. That's my um, that's my sort of uh, <laughs> advice for the young kids growing up. Yeah, and never look in dog, never look a dog in the eye, and never never eat yellow snow, and you'll get through yeah. life. All right, yeah. there, I think. Um, yeah. There's a few more as well, but I don't want to offend anyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, give us your score prediction. For... Um, I've gone for some back of the Express. I've gone for this is my heart. This one as well. I'm not too sure about this game. Um, I think in all these podcasts we've done over the year, these last few years, I don't think I've ever backed against us, so I can't back against us. But I'm going for Warrington 18, Salford 22. 22, 18, Salford. So, after last week's performance, Ian Watson got Carl Harrison's big sword out, started waving it about, decided... <laughs> decided... Carl Harrison's lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> decided that, you know, the team decided on the whole, after that incident, decided that, you know, Warrington is going to get an hammering. Worse than last time. So I'm thinking Warrington, six. Salford, 30. 30 points for six and Jackson Aiton scores twice. I was going to go for Lola here to get the winning try. We can have Lola here scoring twice if you want to. Yeah. Mm. I was going to go for him getting the winner in a 22-18 victory. 22-18. So we'll mm. see who ends up with the Nandos after that. Uh, Just looking at the league table as well, Rob, before we finish off. Um, <laughs> It's a massive game for us, really, because if you look at the fixtures, I know, I think Hull play London tomorrow night, 
but the Friday, the rest of the games are played on Friday this week, and Hull KR play Leeds at Headingley. So that's that's a real sort of four point of that because if Hull KR win, they'll have sixteen points. So we've got eighteen, so there'll only be two behind us. If Leeds win, they'll have eighteen points. So one of those one of those two are going to get a win, aren't they? Mm. So that's another side that's sort of creeping up behind you. Huddersfield Giants have got to play Catalan at home. So Catalan are dead unpredictable, aren't they? You don't know what you're going to get with them. So as we keep saying, the picture could change again this week, you know, of the league table. So it's vital, I think, that we uh, we give it a big go on uh, on Friday night because you, you don't want to toss any games away, do you, and say, oh, we, we're not going to win there or write that one off because they're a good side. I think you've got to go into every game now and, and try and win every game, haven't you? Because this, the way this league table is going to go, it's, uh, it's, it's nerve-wracking. Yeah, I think it's Wattle's way to go and win every game when previously other coaches would yeah, yeah. And, and I think bottom, Watton, yeah. I think Wattle's kind of like a coach that wants to win every game. And we can, yeah, he doesn't pick and choose his games. I've noticed that with him. You, you've only got to go after games we've won over the last few years. There's been games where we've not really expected to win and we've gone there and, and put in a fantastic result. Um, it's a quicker before we go. Do you think it's yeah. right that Sky have picked Hull KR and Leeds or the Saints and Warrington? Uh, yeah, thanks for Yeah, I saw this debate on um, it was on Twitter. People were chucking the tyres out of the pram over it. And I'm not bothered. If if I was a Wigan or a Saints sport, it wouldn't bother me in the slightest because I'd be going to the match. So yeah. I couldn't give a toss whether it's on on Sky. If, if it was solved, you know, I'm going anyway. So I don't know. It really make any difference to me if you support your team, you go to the match anyway, don't you? I can understand for like neutrals and that, but. I don't know. I don't know why they, they've done that. So uh, we're going to not been fantastic this season either. Have they they've just sort of crept up on the res? I think it'd be a good game. though, we're going against Saints. But yeah. I think what it is, Super League. There's lots of sort of um, repeat fixtures, isn't there? So you know, Wigan yeah. and Saints might meet each other kind of five times in a season, and you can't have top billing of the same fixture five times in a season. Can you? No, but it's a strange one tomorrow night though. Hull against London. That seems a strange fixture to have on. It doesn't. The thing is, all that Hull against London. The, the, the scenario is there. Hull's going for the top four. London's scrapping at the bottom. So you've got kind of like whoever wins that shakes the season, doesn't it? That's why. Yeah. The same reason yeah, why they pick so. Leeds and Hulking for Rovers because winner takes all though. In theory. Mm-hmm. So well, you've got Wakefield and Cass as well Friday night. That's a big derby match isn't it, between them two. Yeah. Yeah. You'd like expect things. that to be on Sky, really. Yeah, you would be, wouldn't you? But that, that's why I think you pick them games, because they, they want the drama, don't they, on the telly. And if whoever loses, hoping to always be lead, that could be a, you know, a killer stab to their season. Mm. You know, so they, they yeah. want people crying on the terrace and you know, shouting and being angry or celebrating. They want that for the TV ratings, don't they, people excited. Or, yeah, I don't have that worry anymore, I've not got Sky stuff. So, uh, <laughs> I just watched the Super League show now on a Monday morning, and on Tuesday morning when it was on. I'm not yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's one of them, isn't it? You know, it's expensive, isn't it? Sky, Sky Sports, Gabby over a barrel. No, but it's hard, it's hard work not having it, you know, when you just come home and you fancy watching a match. But we've got like the basic Sky package, so you'd get a channel called Sky Sports Mix, yeah. and it was great when the season first started. There was a match on Sky Sports Mix every week, so I thought, oh, this is brilliant, this. But they must have just done it for a month just to sort of entice you in. Yeah. And now they've knocked it on the head. Now all that's on there is now is bloody women's netball, so, yeah. which is great. You know, if you want to watch women's netball, but, you know, 
after the bit, it's yeah, a bit tiresome, man. I want to watch a match on a Thursday or a Friday, but you know, nine times out of ten, Salford playing anyway on a Friday night, so um, I wouldn't be here anyway. But it would be nice, Sky. You know, if you put a, a match, just really anyone from Sky is listening, just. Is a match on every now and again. Just throw Paul a cold, doesn't he? Can bang in and bang three skies. <laughs> yeah, well, no. one happy day. Get one of them dodgy boxes, don't you? <laughs> well, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's what dreams are made of, Paul. Dodgy boxes. Um, so that's the end of this week's uh, Devil the Detail podcast. Have a great show, Paul. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. I hope the listeners have not minded us waffling on too, yeah, too have much. A sleep <laughs> no, I've enjoyed it, mate. Tonight, I'm looking forward to Friday, and uh, yeah, it should be it should be a good night. To be fair though, Paul, this one isn't as long as some of our usual. Oh, good. Which is, which is oh, we've, we've had this little argument, haven't we? Well, not an argument. We've had this little banter between me and you about who it is who talks the most. And I must apologise to you, mate, actually, because I watched that video we did after the Uddersfield game, and I don't think I let you get a word in, did I? <laughs> I think I just spoke for about four minutes, and I watched it today. I thought. Poor Rob, there, I'm not letting him speak, so I'm sorry about that, mate. I just went on a bit of a rant after the Uddersfield game, so I'm sorry about that. No, it's fine, it's passion, Paul, but as well, it's all quality as well. If it wasn't quality, I'd be chirping in and stopping you. You'd tell me, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, shoot your mouth. Well, you know what, I'll let you run, I'll let you go because you're good at what you do. And that, and that's and, that, and you know listeners love it, don't they? You know people are always saying how how good, how good your back reports are and and things like that. So you know you've got obvious quality, haven't you? So you know if you've got the quality, just use it. That's what I say. Who, do we know who does the most talking then? Who makes these? Because when we say, oh, we need to knock it off quick tonight because I'm tired and I'm getting off work, and like, it's always me who talks the most, isn't it? Well, we'll let our listeners decide. Or is it you? Tweet us and let us know yeah. who talks more on the podcast. It's going to be Paul. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to influence the vote. I'm just saying. It's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the end oh, of this week's uh, Devil in the Detail podcast. Big thanks for tuning in this week's uh, Devil in the Detail I've been Rob Parkinson you can find us on Facebook Devil in the Detail SRD you can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD and you can find us on SoundCloud iTunes and Radio Contact so thanks for listening and we'll see you next week Day. Live. Radio contact.